Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. All right, as we dive into the Word this morning, um, we're coming through a busy holiday season with Thanksgiving and now into the final month of the year, and we're looking at Christmas Eve, Christmas, New Year's, New Year's Eve, all of these things that are, that are happening. Looking back through Thanksgiving, you made it through Thanksgiving, you made it through being with your in-laws, um, and you made it through Black Friday, you made it through Cyber Monday, you've made it through some of those uh, stressful times with perhaps even more of those stressful times to come. And when we look at the end of the year, it feels like it's the final lap of a race where all of the energy is just heightened because it requires so much attention and focus and detail and shopping and food and schedule and people to try to pull all of this off. Perhaps there's Christmas parties that you've got or there's church activities and maybe even hosting family that's going on. It's buying and wrapping gifts, and it's putting up the tree and hanging the lights, and it's always that one light bulb that doesn't work, that cancels out the rest of the line of the light bulbs. It, is, it's, it can be pent-up frustration after a while. You're like, why did I just plug it in, and it worked, and now I plug it in again, and it doesn't. That is like the height of frustration for me. I can lose my salvation over a string of lights quicker than anything. That's, that stuff just, just frustrates me. Eventually, and, and yet the line is still full of electricity. We just turn them into extension cords is what we do. We just plug them in. It's like, and now it's just a really cute extension cord um, that we can step on and, and uh, you know, hurt our feet with. These things can really be frustrating. If you're a parent, perhaps you're diving into the end of this uh, kind of season of uh, the, the Christmas season. Maybe it's, it's taking them ice skating or it's, it's playing in the snow or skiing or doing some activities outside. Maybe if you're signing up to have to be like the most frustrating season of life, you're doing the elf on the shelf. That is so stinking frustrating and you got to put it in a different place all the time and they can't catch you do it because they think that it's a, this, like this real deal. And then if you're a really good parent, then the elf always does something while they're asleep. Then they wake up and maybe there's like, you know, they cooked a, they, they, uh, they prepared like a, a cup of hot chocolate um, and maybe they, um, they, there's marshmallows all scattered around or something like that or whatever the, it might be that, that perhaps the elf may have gotten into um, serves as this energy and excitement around, but it's just one more thing onto the parent or maybe it's it's hey we're the cousins are coming in and we all have to pick a name out of the hat so we pick a name for thanksgiving and then we've got to pick out what they want but we've got a limit and what they like is over the limit and i'm not spending 47 cents more for junior because i don't like him but i will for it but if the tax is included then i'll have to the, i'm including tax and if i've got to ship it to you i'm putting postage in there that two dollars and 43 cents that's coming off of your gift like that's real stuff I mean, that's, that's, that's the reason for the season stuff right there. Um, and it just adds more and more weight to what should be focused on Jesus 
has come. And he is here to set free man from, from sin and the bondage and the weight. And yet we belabor ourselves with all of the other things that really just don't matter. I came home this last week and this is what was sitting for us on our counter. Here's the picture right there. And I thought, you are killing me, Alyssa, right now. So now we've got to do Rudolph. We've got to do Christmas cookies. We've got Elf on the Shelf something back there. Um, and then we're, doing, we're creating gingerbread Oreo gingerbread houses. Um, I am kind of fired up about that one. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy that one. But now it's just more and more things that we do that really have nothing to do with Jesus at all. And we get into it. We decorate the house and the tree. And, and when we go out and we get a, new, uh, a real tree and we cut it down. Like we get caught up in all of the excitement and the energy. <sighs> I really wish that quiet time went a little bit longer because I just wanted to catch 30 seconds of a quick sleep or just a quick nap um, because we find ourselves in the hustle the holiday hustle um, and really wanting to get back to man what is the reason for this 35 percent of people say that they experience burnout when christmas season arrives most people are already experiencing some wave or some level of burnout in their jobs, in their marriages, the financial pressures and tensions that are on them. But now we're going to add 35% more stress upon people to try to pull off all of these things. And so this morning, hopefully this is going to be super practical and very applicable to how we can just slow the pace and really enjoy the season. Is that okay? If we just kind of pump the brakes on the American revved up engine and just come back to a place where we say, Jesus, you're the one thing. And there might be many things that are going on. I'll, I'll, I'll do some things, but man, there's going to be one thing that I want to be laser focused on this holiday season. So flip with me in your Bibles to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And I'll also have the scriptures up here on the board, but if you want to hold the scriptures. I think that's pretty cool and pretty powerful. Luke chapter 10, and we're going to start in verse 38. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. I like to maybe read this with a little bit of a whiny voice. <laughs> Jesus, I'm doing all this stuff by myself. Can't you tell my husband and my kids to like pay attention and help me like come on jesus yes, help I just want some help tell my sister she's just sitting around she's watching youtube like what's going on come help except she was in a little something a little bit more important than youtube 
She is locked in on the God man. Jesus has come, right? Jesus is here. Jesus is in her home. Jesus is on the planet. And all she wants to do is fixate and lock in on the God man, Jesus Christ. And Martha gets all fired up saying, but we've got more preparations. We've got more stuff to do. We've, we, let's, let's do some stuff, Jesus. And I'm tired of people just, just fixated on you, Jesus. They need to be doing other stuff. Verse 41, Jesus says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and you're upset about many things, but few things are needed. And indeed, there's really only one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. There is something that was frustrated. There was something that was dying a thousand deaths inside of Martha because she was caught up in the holiday hustle. But it was just death by distraction. He says, you are distracted Distracted means that you ought to be focused on something, but you're checking out everything else that just doesn't matter. I sat up with Judah the other night doing homework. I'm really trying to pass sixth grade math this year, guys. I'm committed to it. Till 1230 at night. But it was on a Monday night when the Colts were playing Monday night football. And I'm distracted and I can't lock in on my fractions because I got to see if we're going to come back in the fourth quarter. And he's distracted because he wants to see it and he wants to watch it. And, and, and finally, I just have to be like, oh my gosh, I've got to make a decision. And I made the decision to watch the Colts for a long time. And I'm like, God, I got to make a decision. And here it is. And here's the moment. And I said, and I also not just need to make a decision. I need to be an example. And I turn it off. And I moved my phone because then I had the ESPN app and I was doing updates on Gamecast. And I had to move that over to the side. I'm going to be completely locked in here. And so from then for the next probably two and a half more hours, we wrestled through homework and reading and English and all of this sort of stuff. And he's like, Dad, can I just go to sleep? I'm like, no, because you keep putting it off and you keep doing all these other things. We need to laser in on this moment. And we've been distracted for far too long. We keep putting it off. We keep putting off the main thing. And the main thing, the main season of life that you're in right now is you are a student. But you would rather do all these other things. But we need to zero in on some things right now that we need to lock in. And I'll tell you, man, there are so many distractions, so many things that want to steal our time. And seemingly good. They really are. They're seemingly good. And we're hosting and we've got, to, we've got to pick out the perfect Christmas pajamas that we all match in. And that, that, that size was off, so now we have to return it. Right? All right? Y'all know that I'm right. And it's all of this extras that sabotage really why Jesus came. So if you look in your bulletin, there is an insert in there. And it's just a list of core values. There's a list of priority core values. We have 99 values listed in there. And as you're looking through this list, here's what we're going to do. We're, got, we're actually going to take time right now to get really serious about what matters in my life. 
And you're going to look at the inner man. You're going to look at your inner life right now and see, man, what moves the needle in my heart whenever I read a certain word? So we're going to take one minute, and I want you to pick 15 of these core values. If you've got a pen, a pencil, circle them. If, if, you, if you need a pen or a pencil, sorry, I, don't, I have one. I can whip it to you. But pick 15 in the next 60 seconds. Look over this and what quickly hits your heart. Yep, yep, this one matters. Yep, this one matters. And pick out 15 of them. Does anybody need a bulletin? Or you need an insert? I think there's one right there, Dustin, on that. There you go. We're going to pack out 15 of these core values that really matter to you. Forty seconds. Fifteen seconds. Okay, keep circling while I'm talking. And here's what we want to do. Now what we're going to do is we've got 15. But we know that we really can't even lock in on 15 in our life. We can't say that this is the most important thing and have 15 most important things. For example, I can't say this is the most important thing on the pulpit. And, and this is the most important thing on the pulpit. And this is the most important thing on the pulpit. And this is the most important thing on the pulpit. And this is the most important thing on the pulpit. I could go for days back here, guys. It is a rat's nest. <laughs> but you all get the point. We can't say this is the most important because if everything is the most important, then is really anything more important if it all is? And so here's the next exercise. You're going to look at that list of 15, and you're going to take 20 seconds, and you're going to pick out two. What are the two core values? If the ship is going down and I can only save two values, what are you swimming as hard as you possibly can to save these two? My life will be defined by these. What are they? So here's what I'm holding is one of my journals. And inside my journal, we do this thing where we want to fill certain buckets. And so let's just have as an example, this would be our bucket. Okay, this is our bucket. This, lot, this bucket represents my life. And so we've got, we've got to get all of these things that I'm getting ready to explain to you inside this bucket. Okay, so we've got... We've got sand, 
We've got pebbles. We've got big rocks. We've got water. We've got gravel. We've got all of this stuff that we've got to fit inside of this bucket. And if I just fill it with sand, there'll be no more room to fill in with big rocks because it'll be totally full. If I fill it only with water, I can't put anything else inside this bucket. So I've got to be incredibly strategic with how I fill this bucket of life, right? Because my life can only handle so much. I only have so much space. I am limited. I'm finite. I'm not limitless. I'm not a god. I am very, very finite. So we think of these things, the little things in life, those little details that just eat up your life, but you don't want your life to be hanging on those things. Then there's those bigger rocks. You're like, man, this matters. It is, it's my family. It's, it's my relationship with Jesus. It's, it's, uh, it's, my, it's legacy. It's thinking generationally. Like That stuff has to be a core foundation in my life. So here's how we fill up this bucket. I've got to be strategic on taking the big rocks of my life and I put in maybe three or four big rocks. Then I take some smaller rocks and they kind of start finding their way into these little cracks and crevices. Then I fill in with these pebbles and I give it a little shake and all of a sudden these pebbles start kind of filling in. And I think, man, this is starting to get to be a full life, right? I think there's still room and I dump in sand and it's all of these little extras, and all the sand begins to fill up all of these other areas. And I think, this is now a full life. I think, but I also still have water. And then I can pour water inside and realize that those smaller little things come last in life. And now I've got a really full life here. And there's only one way that you really can do it, and it's filling it with, like Jesus said, there's only a few things, and really indeed only one thing, but there's only a few things that really matter. And for us to be incredibly intentional with filling our lives with these buckets. So in this journal and life planner, every quarter we reevaluate our buckets. And so here's for this quarter that I'm in right now. And this quarter, here's my quarterly bucket, and I'll show it to you. There's three things that I'm locked in on. Number one, self-care. Number two, to be the family CCO, which I'm the family chief culture officer, all right? And number three, I want to have an organized workspace. So I flip it over, and so here's what, here's what number one looks like. So I break down what self-care looks like. Here's the next one. So self-care. I got my spirit, soul, mind, and body. So I want to break it down. So here's what I'm focused on. My Bible reading, prayer, worship, my mind, reading rich books, rich content, podcasts, deep conversations, my soul to be mentored, have good friendships, simplicity, laughing. How about that? That's just a discipline, just to laugh. My body, to make sure that I'm stewarding my body well and taking care of myself. I flip over here to the next one. Family chief culture officer. Check out this first one. It is unforgettable holidays unforgettable holidays. This is going to be something that I'm going to incorporate in my life that we look back on birthdays and we blew it out. 
We look back on Christmas, and it was unbelievable. We look back on certain things, and, and it's, it's Labor Day, and we're camping out. And it's whatever those moments are, but I want to think strategically, how will my kids look back on these moments and think, man, my dad was the CCO of our family, and he put a little mental sweat into thinking through what these holidays could look like. And so for me, this is just going to be one of those big, bigger rocks. There's only a few things, and indeed there's only one. And as I come into this time, it's like I want to laser in focus, and I just want to focus in specifically as we look to Christmas. So here's what Christmas Eve looks like for our family. In the parsonage, I thank God that somebody in the 1800s built 10-foot ceilings in that house. So we clear out all of the furniture out of our house. We put a tent a camping tent up inside of our, of our living room. If the Christmas tree is here. The tent is in here. We've all got our matching PJs on, and we make popcorn, and it's got all the good smell, smell goods in there and little hot chocolate Christmas drinks and stuff. And then we got, we got blow-up mattresses in there and all the blankets, and then we open up one end of the tent, and we watch a Christmas movie. And we all fall asleep together on Christmas Eve, all snuggled. I mean, it is just stacks of bodies just laying on each other. We're all curled up. We fall asleep there. We wake up Christmas morning. We go make Christmas breakfast. We got uh, eggs and cinnamon rolls and bacon. And we bring all of that into the tent. And then we're inside there in the tent eating breakfast. And we're all amped. We're all super excited. And then we grab all the presents. We bring those into the tent. Christmas wrapping paper is everywhere. I mean, it just looks, you know, it, it's, it's just wild. But one person at a time, we want to see what each gift is. And we just kind of take all of this moment in. And then it turns into this massive wrestling session. And we're just climbing all over each other. The air mattresses are just about done at that point, And we're jumping on them. We're bouncing the other person off of the other end because it's a little bit low. And they go launching on the other side. It just becomes this unbelievable, awesome, festive morning and moment. We're going to have an unforgettable holidays. As the, as the family chief culture officer, this is something that I'm going to be locked in on. This is what I'm thinking about. Okay, Nora's birthday just came up. Okay, what are we doing? What are we thinking about? Judah's birthday is coming up. Okay, what are we thinking about? What are we doing? There's just a few things, but I want to lock in on a couple of those things. Perhaps we just kind of let life happen, and then we're scrambling. And during this season, let's, let's zero in on, man, I just want to be a little bit more focused, a little bit more disciplined of how I want to do this thing with my family or how I want to specifically be with my spouse or how I want to intentionally maybe try to reconnect with my grandparents or some things that I can, maybe that letter that I want to write to my grandchild, but I just kind of put it off and I just never do it. Now is that time. So let's boil it all down. What are some things that we get maybe too busy with life, but these are the big things that we want to make sure we fill our life with? I do want this to fill in. I want my life to have some of this stuff in it, and not just because I was distracted and I just went to work and I came home and I was tired, so I just vegged out and watched Netflix and I just checked out for a month, and then finally that, that season's over. All right, let's move on to the new year. Say, man, I just want to lock in here and really try to nail this moment. So a few things that then I'll follow through with is what are some things that slow me down? What are the time stealers? And to identify them, whether it's write them down or to, or to, to think about those. 
Maybe it's the distracted workspace in my home or my office. Maybe I'm just kind of sloppy with my health. I just don't have the energy to do that. Maybe I just have sloppiness in my thinking. My thinking's just not sharp. I'm just not really sharp thinking about things like this. Maybe I just watch the news all day long. Or we just, I don't know, if it's video games. Or what are those things that's taking my time from really having some great stories and some great things in life. And to ruthlessly uproot and to ruth, I mean, like to eliminate the hurriedness of all of those things. The things that are killing me. I need to kill the thing that's trying to kill me. There's a, a book that I'm reading. It's called 127 Hours. And it's the story of Aaron Ralston. He was a hiker. They made a movie out of this, but he's a hiker. And he went on a hike and he didn't tell anyone where he was going. And he didn't take his cell phone, so they couldn't ping him. While he's out on this hike, a boulder shifts and moves while he's walking through this thin space. And the boulder sticks on his arm and sticks it to the... The, the subtitle of 127 Hours is Caught Between a Rock and a Hard Place. <laughs> a little humor. Um, Weird humor, but it's still good. And, it, and his arm is stuck there, and now he can't get out. He can't call anybody. Nobody knows where he is. And so he's got to make a tough decision. If I want to keep living life, I've got to ruthlessly eliminate the thing that potentially could kill me. And he pulls out his, well, first of all, he's, he starts hallucinating. And he's like, he's about to check out. He's about to pass out. He's about to all this sort of stuff. And he has like this dream, and he's at a, I forget exactly, he's at a dance or he's at something and life is good and he's, and he's with friends and he's, and he's, he's at this party and he's, he's kind of having this vision. He's like, life is worth living and it's worth living well. And as it begins to rain, it kind of wakes him up and he says, I've got to make some decisions. There's some things that I've got to get out of my life right now. And he pulls his pocket knife out and he begins to go after his arm. And I'll move through this part of the story quick. He cuts his arm off. Okay, then we're, we move through that. And he cuts his arm off, and then he's got to make it back home without a limb because I want to live. And people, there's some extreme measures, and some things you only get by living extreme ways. And I don't know what it is, if that's planning, if it's thinking, if it's eliminating, if it's whatever those things are. But Jesus says, don't be distracted. Let's lock it in. There's, there's only a couple things, and, and even one, it really is Jesus. And what are a couple things that we can build around that to make that an amazing season of life? So I'll end with this. What choices will we make today to ruthlessly eliminate the hurry and the holiday hustle? What choices will we make to sit with Jesus to be with family, to actually enjoy this holiday season. And it's not enough just for me to ask the question, it's demanding an answer. And I think that the answer will be played out in your life. Our life is a series of decisions, and I just believe that God's saying, hey, let's just choose wisely. Let's make some decisions here. 
Maybe we don't spend as much. Maybe we, maybe we spend more time with family. Maybe we need to pivot what we're doing here. Maybe we need to eliminate how we waste time here and make it a little bit more uh, uh, the quality of our time. It needs to be a little bit different. But I think that you're being invited this morning. I know that I'm feeling it. Being invited in this morning to not have the distractions of Martha, but to be locked in like Mary and say, Jesus, you're the one thing. You're it. You really are it. It doesn't matter if I have matching wrapping paper. Don't tell Alyssa. But it doesn't matter. <laughs> Jesus, you're the thing that matters, right? And just getting back to the things that really matter. Hopefully this can help set us free and that we can enjoy this season of the year. I would also encourage all the fathers out there. Dads, lead and lead well. And don't put the holiday hustle on your wife to do it all. Jump in, lift the load, shoulder it, help, serve, especially if you've got kids or grandkids around. Make it an unforgettable time where we just remember, man, I love this time. And Jesus isn't in the background. Jesus is the centerpiece of it all. Mm, amen. Let's pray. As we close here this morning, um, we don't have any other follow-up music, so I know in our church history, that's going to feel really awkward, all right? Uh, so Tracy, you'll just hit a song up there, won't you, all right? And, uh, and then we'll dismiss after that. Jesus, I just pray, God, that our hearts would be focused during this month, that you would be the one thing. God, I pray that we would dive into this season together. God, I pray that in all of the hustle and all of the things that need to be done and all of those preparations and hosting you, Jesus, just like Martha was so busy with the preparations to host Jesus, she forgot about Jesus. And I just pray that we will not forget, but that we will keep you at the foreground and that you would be the center of it all. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.